you a counsellor or a psychotherapist wanting to attract more clients more simply, then you, lovely person, are in the right place. Because I'm here to help you navigate marketing and remove any confusion and overwhelm that you might feel. Oh, and ditch that critical, nagging inner voice too. So each week I'll offer you inspiration, motivation and practical advice so you can get your marketing done and then get on with your life. I'm Jane Travis and welcome to the Grow Your Private Practice show. It's great to have you here. Welcome to episode six and if you joined me before, welcome back and if you're new then hi, it's really great to have you here and have a little chat with you. So here's what you're going to learn on this episode. Today we're going to talk about being an expert and we're going to have a look at why it feels so conflicted for you as a counsellor to call yourself an expert, why you don't have to actually say that you're an expert, the downside of being an expert, what you can do instead and why it's important that you get seen as an expert. Now, yesterday, I had my friend and business bestie, Fifi Mason, come over for a chippy lunch and a chinwag, which was brilliant. And we got to discussing something that I talk about often with members of the Grow Your Private Practice Club, and that is the idea of being an expert. Now, it comes up a lot because as counsellors, when we do things like writing blogs or give talks or even just posting on social media, it can leave us feeling a little bit conflicted and it all comes down to our training. So let's look into that for a second. Now, when we train to be counsellors, we're told that when working with clients that you are equal and that being the expert can be detrimental to the process for the client. Now, in transactional analysis terms, I can't believe I said that. I always trip up over those words. So in transactional analysis words, it would make you come from the parent ego state. And that's basically being seen as the person that is more knowledgeable and maybe have the answers, be in control. But as you know, that's just not useful in the counselling environment. Being the expert in the counselling room means that the client can start to rely on you for answers and it stops them from stepping into their own adult state. Whereas we want the therapeutic relationship to be on an equal footing for you to both work together and to help the client to get what they want or need from the process. And I think that we can probably all agree that that's a good thing. However, the conflict comes from outside the counselling room because within the counselling room, it's such a massive no-no. It feels wrong to say that you're an expert anywhere else. But it's not just that. It's also something that can make us feel extremely squirmy and uncomfortable because we just don't feel qualified to say that we're an expert. Just the thought of it makes your imposter syndrome start screaming at you. So before you panic and come out in hives just at the thought of it, let's have a look at this a little bit closer and see how we can manage this and why it's important when it comes to marketing your practice. So here's the good news. You don't have to call yourself an expert. So if you're worried about that, you can breathe out a big sigh of relief now. You just don't have to call yourself an expert. And not only do you not have to call yourself an expert, really, you shouldn't call yourself an expert. 
Some time ago, the wonderful Denise Duffield-Thomas, who is a money mindset coach, said, and I'm quoting here, I'm a contributor, not a guru. As soon as I gave myself permission to contribute to the conversation of women and money and not have to be a guru or expert, then my business became fun. If you really care about a topic, be a contributor. Who cares if you don't know everything? You don't have to be the best to make a difference to someone. And that's wise words. I really believe that those are wise words. So this really means that rather than feeling like you have to know everything about your niche, you can just be someone who's curious, who's interested, who's ready both to learn more and to share the knowledge that you already have. Again, doesn't that feel better? It just really, really feels better. When I read this, it changed everything for me. Gone was the pressure that I'd put myself under to know everything. And let's face it, who the hell knows everything anyway? And this is what Fifi and I were talking about yesterday. Now, Fifi helps introverts that are business owners and entrepreneurs to develop a brand identity and to get visible. And she told me that she doesn't want to call herself an expert, but instead she wants to become known as an expert through the eyes of others. And when I thought about it, it's the same for me. So, for example, me saying I'm an expert at helping counsellors attract more clients just feels really uncomfortable and that's not me at all. But I write blogs for counsellors. I produce podcasts about marketing for counsellors. I produce courses. I've literally just released a course on Friday into the Grow Your Private Practice membership that's called Your Website Blueprint, A Guide for Counsellors, which looks at why you should get a website, should you do it yourself or get it done for you, what the costs are going to be, how to design a basic outline, what pages you need, what you might want to include on each page. And there's also a workbook to download. I also give weekly live calls that help counsellors with their social media, monthly workshops, monthly question and answer sessions. I've written a book called Growing a Private Practice, which is on Amazon, by the way, if you want to go and check that out. And I've spoken on stage. So I guess that I've become a bit of an expert through the eyes of others because of that. And it's exactly the same for you. You don't have to call yourself an expert, but you want to be seen as one. And also there is another downside to calling yourself an expert. An expert really is saying, hey, I know all about this subject. And I don't know about you, but I've noticed that in life, the more that I learn, the more that I realize how little I know. Or I realize how much more there is that I could learn. And for me, this can trip me up because the more I learn about marketing, the more I understand there is so much more that I could learn new ideas to try, new technology to try, new systems to use. It's never ending. And it makes me wonder if this is one of the reasons why we get imposter syndrome, because we realise that we don't know everything. And how could we possibly? Yet we expect that we should know everything, despite it being impossible. How many times have I spoken to a counsellor who's highly knowledgeable in their niche 
and I talk to them about it and they think they've got to go and get another course or they could do better or they don't know enough and they really, really already do. So if you're a counsellor working with anxiety, it's literally impossible to know all there is to know. That doesn't mean that you can't be extremely effective in helping people with anxiety. And it certainly doesn't mean that you're an imposter. And I like that about learning. I like having a curiosity for new things. And if you're the same, enjoy the process. But if your search for knowledge becomes a feeling that you're never going to be quite good enough, well, that's something for you to explore. Now, why is this so important? Well, if we're going to pay for a service, we want that done by somebody that is an expert in their field, whether that's a builder, a hairdresser, a mechanic. You want somebody who knows what they're doing. And there are also some things that people will definitely want an expert for. If you're going to go and have somebody fixing your teeth, you're going to want to go to an expert, aren't you? And if you're going to go and have a permanent tattoo done, you're going to want to make sure you go to someone with lots of knowledge and experience. And if you're going to go and trust your mental health or that of your children to somebody, you want to make sure that they're a qualified counsellor. So you don't have to say that you're an expert. Just become part of the conversation, which has the rather handy side effect of silencing your imposter syndrome too. And you don't have to say you're an expert, but by producing relevant content, you will become known as somebody with knowledge in that area. So if your niche or seedling niche, and I'll be talking about seedling niches in a future episode, if your seedling niche is anxiety, make the majority of what you cover in your blogs and your social media be to do with all aspects of anxiety. So that might be hints and tips thoughts for reflection, stories, quotes, book recommendations, and then you're going to get known for that. It's just going to happen naturally. You don't have to say it out loud. You don't have to do anything that feels awkward. And finally, a word about imposter syndrome. Now, imposter syndrome is real and it can have a huge negative impact on the success of your practice. I kind of imagine imposter syndrome as being like Randall from Monsters, Inc. If you remember Monsters, Inc., Randall was that creature who would slither around and he could go invisible or change colours and hide. And he'd, he'd be watching what was going on and then he would jump out and shock people and make you lose confidence. But remember that imposter syndrome is lying to you. It's shaking your confidence at the core by pressing buttons that it knows is going to really stop you in your tracks. It will tell you that you don't know enough and get you to disregard the skills, experience, knowledge and qualifications that you already have by saying that they're not enough. I'd like to remind you that no matter where you currently are in your journey, you've worked hard to get here and you've amassed so much knowledge along the way. You've probably committed to extensive training, had a placement, read books, done CPD, had supervision. But it's not only that. You have all your relationships behind you, all your experiences that have got you from being born to where you are now. 
you've learned about friendships, relationships, where you've been through problems and mistakes and letdowns and upset and fears and successes and wins. And like it or not, you have a lot of knowledge if you'll only let yourself see that. Imposter syndrome is lying to you. Not only do you know a whole lot more than you realise, but you actually don't have to know everything. And as soon as we remember that, life gets a little bit easier. So don't let your success and the success of your practice be hampered by a liar. Okay, so today we've looked at being an expert. We've looked at why it feels so conflicted for you as a counsellor to call yourself an expert. We've looked at why you don't have to say you're an expert. We've looked at the downsides of calling yourself an expert. And we've explored what you might want to do instead. And also why it's important to be seen as an expert. Now, if you've enjoyed this, why not hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss an episode that's coming up? Because, and I'm absolutely delighted to tell you that next week we've got guest expert Sarah Gershon here coming to join us. Now, Sarah makes beautiful websites for counsellors and psychotherapists, and we're going to be having a look at five website myths. And she shares some brilliant advice, and I know that you're going to learn from it, because I know I did, I learned loads. So have a fantastic week, and I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this, then please subscribe to the show. And while you're there, I'd love it if you could leave me a big, shiny five-star review. Bye.